0: I pray, I pray, I pray, this is the last time I do a late night podcast, but it's probably not, and I apologize for that. But hey, here we are anyways, you know, at the end of the day, as long as in the way friggin far future, (laughs) you guys can come back and say to yourselves, yeah, you had a podcast every day, and as long as it says, you know, Thursday on the day that I posted it. That's all I really care about, to be frank. So, if you are a consistent keeper-upper of our podcast uploads, you're just going to have to love us anyways. It's great. All right, stop complaining, Scott. All right, so it is Occupational-slash-Environmental-Wellness-Thursday, and super stoked to talk about a couple different subjects because... I I was trying to, like, figure out which one to talk about, and then I just realized, wait, why can't I talk about all of it? Ha ha ha! So, we are going to jump around a little bit, Uh, but the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, a gentleman that was just on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, His name is Andrew Yang, and he is actually running for president for the Democratic Party, and... It's funny when you skim like YouTube slash podcasts in general and and you kind of you try to look for things that you already kind of know about. You 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 try to find people or subjects that you're like, oh, I'm interested in that. And then you go for it. But at other times, if you're just kind of, you know, crossing your fingers and pursuing the 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 conversation or the video or the podcast in a very open-minded type of place uh which we all you know can't do all the time uh even yourself right now you might have seen the title of this podcast and gone you know what i'm not interested in that but at other times you're very open to it you've got some extra time blah 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 so with that being said what was exciting about this was i did not have any intention of continuing this podcast after the first two and a half minutes, but then something caught my ear. Something drew my attention to what the subject matter was, not about necessarily Andrew Yang and the fact that he's trying you know, to become president in 2020, uh, but the fact that he was talking about something called universal basic income. So he actually has his own website that's pretty much based on that. Uh, It looks like this and uh, without my handle. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, what is universal basic income in the next 12 years? One out of three American workers uh, work. That's weird. Is that English, right? In the next 12 years, one out of three American workers is at risk. I guess that are at risk workers is at risk oh because it's singular right one out of three workers so basically meaning one of these people is at risk of losing their jobs to new technologies and unlike with previous waves of automation that this time new jobs will not appear quickly enough in large enough numbers to make it up to make up for it uh yeah it'll continue on which you can definitely check out uh the website's called yang2020.com Got all the answers that you probably would have about this subject. But what I wanted to talk about essentially, you know, with this occupational wellness, uh, you know, podcast subject matter is if you were given, you know, what they use as an example was a thousand bucks a month extra uh, in income. So you would essentially use that to, you could save it, you could invest it, you could pay off some bills, you could pay some of your rent, uh, or let's say you lost your job. And so you didn't have nothing, but you had something to start with basically every month. You know, would that motivate you more than if you didn't have anything? And so that topic jumped out at me. You know, like I said, I was in the process of planning out today's podcast and, and, and heard that. And I was like, I need to listen to some more of this. So I think I went into at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half worth of, uh, of the conversation. And some of the studies showed that, you know, men have a much harder time dealing with job loss than women do. Women are very easily, uh, adaptable to that lack of income and pursue, I would say probably more diverse opportunities to then inevitably get income or at least get a part-time job. But with guys, it's a very defeating, defleeting, defleeting, defeating and deflating type of thing to where our egos are almost like shattered and then we can't pick ourselves back up. Uh, And then obviously the wives or the significant others in that scenario have to kind of do their part to... Yeah, help in that matter. So, so the idea kind of bounced around in my head, and the the main reason why, like they said in the in the the website, is they're they're basing this this conversation off of the fact that in the next six to ten years, jobs like truck driving, cashiers, uh, was it call centers, um, you know, and obviously this is all in the United States. Has nothing to do with internationally. But those, a majority of those jobs are going to be replaced by automation and technologies. Uh, if you haven't heard the Google Voice, um, it's not Google Voice, but it's off Google's platform where they have this automated, human-sounding voice that you can use when people call you and use that as like your your personal assistant almost. So it actually answers and talks to the person that's wanting to leave you a message and it has enough knowledge in human interaction that it can add the ums and the likes and the pauses and the inflections in the tones of the of the vocal to make you feel like you're talking to a human being it's super creepy but it's it's the future it's essentially what you know our technology is 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 going towards and so just with things like that and where the industries are those industries are going you know, if if a truck driver lost his job, he's making fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. That twelve grand isn't really gonna necessarily replace any of it, but it also could essentially keep someone afloat. Uh, I don't know about uh, as far as like uh, unemployment goes, or um, you know any other subsidies. I think what I what I remember hearing was if you do get assistance it's not going to add on to that assistance but you're going to have at least $1000 if you opt into something like this so if you're getting unemployment and it's only 700 bucks then you're going to get an additional $300 uh, even if you do i think get a job so if you get a job it'll it'll then replace you know your unemployment with the total 1000 but if you s- still are on an un- unemployment and you you need that extra change in the, or you, you need that gap filled, they'll pay into that. So, um, but once again, just coming back to the male perspective, it being a defleeting thing, it being depressing or, uh, defeating to, to lose a job, especially a job if you've had for a very, very long time. And it's supposed to add momentum behind those people. Uh, it's also supposed to generate income into the economy. Cause if people, let's say that's an extra thousand bucks that people can use for date nights or, uh, childcare or, you know, any other types of things that you would spend money on into the economy, you know, that's billions of dollars right there. Uh, I should say millions. I think the total in budget for something like this is like $1.8 billion or something. And that's taken off of budgets for, you know, incarcerated people. It's taken off of, um. Um, somewhere in unemployment, I believe. So like if you're a homeless person, but you can get the thousand dollars odds are you could rent even like a room to rent at someone's house or someone's apartment or whatever to just at least get you a place to stay, which then takes people out of, of, of the homeless shelter, you know, kind of economy gets them off the street, you know, allows them to eat, spend money, blah, 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 blah. So As you're pouring money into these people, the uh, the the idea is that it's going to actually take money away from other things that we spend money on. Um, And another another point was that, you know, incarcerated people or or to get people out of jail or keep people motivated to not go to jail is to essentially give them that money every month to where they'll actually you know, save the government money or the, the country money, the state's money, because, you know, it costs way more money to keep them in prison than it is to have them out and about in the world. So I guess, you know, I, I should have a, a perspective um, or I should say an opinion on this subject matter. And as far as SoCal QOL goes, I, I really don't see um see this happening um i think it's a big stretch especially in 2020 to use this as a tactic to win voters and so andrew yang went through his perspective on you know being a democrat trying to win this 2020 election because i think it's like a 9 to 10 or 9 out of 10 chance that a democrat's going to essentially replace Donald Trump, and so that's one why he's a Democrat in this scenario. Uh, but two, you know, he's he's trying to win the voters in Iowa and some of the other first voting states. So his perspective is is that he needs an angle, he needs something that he can use to to win voters. And so for me, though, and just coming from like the SoCal, wellness, quality of life aspect. Um, I get it. I get what, you know, he's trying to do. I feel like even with Trump, though, he had so many different aspirations. And even with his ego and his, uh, you know, knowledge base, his business connections, everything that he could ever imagine. I'm pretty sure that once he fell into place of president as president, all that stuff got thrown out the window and he had to keep up with the country he had to do all these other things that had nothing to do with his objectives before he was, you know, he became president. So as much as this is like a ploy to um you know become president, at the same time you can't help but think that you know even if he was to get elected, something like this probably wouldn't even start being talked about 2 or 3 years into his presidency. And so by the time the six to ten years goes by and jobs are being replaced and, and the solutions need to be made, um, you know, who knows if it would be enough time? You know, who knows if if he would have the ability to implement something like this, let alone, you know, become president because of it. So just on that stance alone, I don't think it's practical. I'm 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 assuming something like this isn't really going to work out. Um, But I understand the merit behind it. I understand the fact that he's trying to uh, motivate people to psychologically and emotionally get out of that headspace of, you know, I can't even afford to eat, can't even afford to live, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, as far as 2020 goes, it's going to be a hard sell. Like maybe, maybe the next presidential election, like when the jobs are actually being lost or... They're actually closer to, you know, changing and automations more practical. Uh, who knows, though? So maybe maybe it's already going to be there in 2024. Um, but I guess what I'll say as far as SoCal QL is concerned is anything that's going to help motivate people, I think, is important. And, and get them uh, a better uh, emotional wellness. Um, or I should say occupational wellness given this podcast, but, um, it being practical, not too sure of that. Uh, you know, there's so much, there's so much money that is being spent on the debts of our country, printing money, QE, uh, stock market. I mean, it, it almost seems like a grocery list compared to like, you know, your your balance sheet, you know, it's like, which is more important, which is going to have first priority odds are this is going to be like 20th down the, down the line of things to do for the country. And so, like I said, overall, I don't know if this is going to win him the election, but I understand the merit behind trying to get people to greater their occupational wellness, get excited about making money, being excited that the country is willing to back them up because of that, but uh, like Peter Schiff would say, you know, having less government is probably better than more government. So if we put the hands uh, of this this universal basic income in the hands of our government, you know, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, we might be better off starting an organization, a nonprofit, which Andrew Yang has actually done. He's he started a nonprofit that helped entrepreneurs start businesses and and become successful and start thousands of jobs, which is great. Uh, You know, I think someone like him might be better off using that as a platform to, to, you know, become like a nonprofit to where people can write off money that they donate to an organization that's going to help fund these types of programs. So fund the homeless getting off the streets, fund people that are going to be unemployed, um, I don't know the re- what the regulations are in that type of industry, but I think if it's a nonprofit, you can basically do whatever you want, um, in that regard, you know, being able to bless people, uh, just for the sake of blessing them. Uh, so yeah, maybe that would be a better alternative than be just becoming president and then applying this kind of thing. So it, it it's almost like he should do it in tandem. He should, he should become, he should be, try to become president while also having this nonprofit build up a a fund or whatever you want to call it to to help benefit those less uh, fortunate, um, but you know, like I can I can I can relate to being in places where you're not making much money and having that little cushion does help. Um, you know, I've had many many a part time jobs where I'm. I'm trying to do one that's mainly for free and then the other I'm getting paid a little bit. And then the other I'm, I'm, I can make consistently if I kept up with it, but it's almost like they're like one-offs, you know, they're, they're once in a blue moon kind of situations. They're not always, you know, reoccurring. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, you know, having a monthly income, you know, it does help. Um, But, you know, then they piggyback off uh, Bernie, um, Bernie's, you know, free education for all conversation and what that would do to the economy or what that would do to the, the future school systems or the future education of our country. And so there's so many pluses and minuses that it ends up, I think you just start chasing your tail, you know? Uh, but anyways, uh, I just thought I would mention that just to put it on your guys's radar. Uh, like I said, if you guys want more information about this universal basic income, check out yang 2020.com um and i definitely encourage you to listen to the podcast at at the least because it would be interesting to see where he ends up in 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 the the presidential election given the fact that he just went on Joe Rogan's podcast and probably got the ears of hundreds of thousands of people that will probably end up voting for somebody and if they don't recognize any other names from like a Joe Rogan podcast Who knows? Maybe they'll just see Andrew Yang and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. So we're definitely entering entering into a different type of election process um, versus what we're used to right now, which wasn't always the case. But since I think it's the 80s or 90s, every time someone, you know, starts uh, uh, campaigning. Actually, I shouldn't even say it that way. Once someone decides to try to become elected for anything, they immediately start campa- campaigning. And then once they get that platform, that title, that whatever, into whatever office, they're already campaigning for the next thing because that's just the way it is. You just campaign. You're basically a campaigner, and you just constantly try to get money and try to, you know, win the votes of of different parties and. Uh, it, that's what it is. It's, it's the life of, of someone in office and a scary life for sure. Uh, where was I going with that? Um, crap forgot, but, uh, all that to be said, check out Joe Rogan. Ah, what I was talking about is the process of getting elected for president. Um, since Trump, obviously things are way different and, uh, for presidential elects to, um, go on to things like a Joe Rogan podcast as a mandatory type of, of platform is an interesting idea because one, it would boost up Joe Rogan's podcast for sure. You know, especially if you had someone like Trump on like after either his presidency, this, this coming, you know, go around or after another four years, but even the pre elect uh, president elect. So it's just a very interesting time. Um, for that. Um, I think given, given my own experience in, in politics and our government and all that stuff, I mean, I haven't been interested in it ever. Um, but I, I made a point this last election to try to learn as much as I could about it, stay in the race and watch and learn. And it being that first time I've done that, is interesting because my, my mindset on how you get elected is probably completely different than everyone else before, before that. So anyways, check that out. Um, if you would like, uh, now I'm going to transition us into a, the environmental wellness, uh, side of uh, SoCal QOL, And, uh, yeah, let me switch the screen cause I want you guys to have a full view of this, but we are going to be talking about, uh, two different companies. Uh, and the first one is sheepdog response. Um, and I want to say I can sum up what sheepdog is, but uh, I'm actually going to just try to read something because I, I don't want to paraphrase out of context. Um, granted, you guys could always just look up this stuff as well, Um But right at the top, it says the Sheepdog exists to protect the vulnerable sheep from the wolves. Sheepdog Response was founded by uh, a good amount of special force snipers, UFC fighters, and uh, co-hosts of History Channel shows and Discovery Channel shows. And it says people face threats of violence every day, ranging from large scale terrorism to one-on-one assaults. Most people are unprepared, unequipped, and untrained to respond effectively. This weakness in the flock allows the wolves to attack with great ease and success. Um, What I really like about this company, right off the bat, is the fact that they, well, one, Tim Kennedy is a part of it and started it. Um, Tim Kennedy's like one of the epitomes of having, you know, uh, extreme ownership and higher standards and, you know, just being all in for, you know, leadership. And so I can respect that right off the bat. So anything that he's doing, I'm going to listen to, I'm going to trust that brand. Um, but also, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to be a husband or sorry, I'm wanting to be a father to a family. And in that thought process of being in charge of some other human being other than my wife, um, my wife can take care of herself a good amount. But uh, when it comes to my children, you know, obviously, that's a different story, at least when they're babies, um, up until they're in their adult age. And so, you know, it really makes you think like, okay, what if there was a one-on-one assault? Like, what would I do? How would I protect myself? As I can't, you know, I can't pray that, you know, something's, you know, gonna come from the sky and save me. Um, granted, I can't rebuke the shit out of somebody and scream my head off in Jesus' name. That's true um, for all the Christians out there. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's only so far that your religious beliefs can go, Um, You know, you do need to prepare yourself for certain situations uh, and disasters and um, as you can also hear, terrorisms. Uh, So with that being said, like I I wanted to just know about the company, you know, uh, be aware of their presence and look for the opportunity for me to be a part of it. In some way, shape, or form. It might not happen for years. Uh, you know, as much as I'd like to go there right now, go to Pittsburgh and and get uh, training in anything. Holding a gun, fighting someone, uh, being in a uh, terrorist attack, whatever it is. Uh, as much as I'd like to do that financially, uh, time-wise, um, all that good stuff. Just, you know, life is life. And, you know, we, we can't always, you know, do everything we want to do. But keeping it in the back of my mind, being aware of the the, the you know, the Instagram, social media feeds and getting emails from them, there's always the, the, the thought in the back of my head saying, hey, remember you said you wanted to do this. Remember you, you wanted to get better or you wanted to at least know more about what it would take to become more equipped to handle dangerous situations or situations that could harm your family. So that's basically where I'm at in that. Uh, But you yourself, you may have already had experience in in these types of things. Maybe you were in the military or you've had some self-defense training or you do Kung Fu or whatever the case may be. This could be, you know, a great addition to what you're already doing. Get you to to full to come full circle, Uh, you know, understand your environment better And understand, you know, how to develop skills that uh, you may not have already had, or you have, but you want to get better at. Um, Before I forget, um, they do have a huge uh, store for tons of stuff. Everything from apparel to which I have my little blue sheepdog shirt uh, to survival gear, tactical gear, and medical gear. Uh, But the courses range from what they call sheepdog level one and two occupational level one, um, all the way to tactical trauma response course, women's self-defense, which I thought was really cool. I know there's also custom training. Um, I want to remember, let's see, there was one course that I wanted to definitely share with you guys. So tactical trauma response course, Uh, you know, you learn situation awareness, response to active shooter situations, breakdown and usage of IFAK, which is an individual first aid kit. Um, uh, let's see. So that's obviously, yeah, more, more of that, uh, you know, taking care of someone who is hurt. Um, click this one. Occupational one. I'm trying to remember what that one is. Course, uh, so then we cover the education of. Yeah, so then they have full on shooting courses. Uh, the occupational level one, I believe, is supposed to be, on the job training. For. Uh, da, 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 da. The Occupational Level 1 course was designed for law enforcement, military, SWAT medics, armed security, and other agencies that require a firearm for their occupation. So that's cool. Uh, Last one I'll look at is Sheepdog Level 1, which I want to say is all around. Uh, Learn from some of the best instructors in the world. Situation awareness strategies that will help you prevent, avoid, or respond to threats to yourself and those around you. Um... You know what it was? I think, uh, I think it was in the store, actually. Uh, They have virtual training, too. What I was going to get at, though, was, uh, yeah, I guess these are them. So basic pistol, active shooter, uh, but they have, you know, they have the survival stuff. You know, if you're out in nature and you're, you know, you're looking to, uh, basically survive out in um yeah you're, you're looking to survive out in the wilderness or you know basically outdoors outdoor situations um so as a tag to our next site um so thanks sheepdog um please follow subscribe uh get their newsletter um so you can stay in the loop with them cause there's probably gonna be something in the future that's gonna you know, uh, pop out at you, but they're a great company. I think to, to follow, uh, next one. And I want to pronounce this right is the Suquachi school of self-reliance. So this actually came from a, the most recent podcast from, um, Abel James and his podcast, I believe it's called fat burning something, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a very, you know, active lifestyle kind of guy who, Who interviews people and that the conversation, you know, coming back to our original topic of, you know, listening to podcasts and seeing them in our feeds and being like, you know, really, really open to some of them on certain days. This one was talking about raw milk and how pasteurized milk so bad and raw milk is good. And even though it's illegal to have raw milk in like every state, but like 17 of them or something. Um, Anyways, they had this gentleman named Brad. Um and he is the uh I want to say owner and or creator founder of the Sequashi Kwachi School of Self Reliance and it says survival skills. Um let's see if it says do 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 uh yeah, so Brad is the co founder. Um, but let me go back. I just want to check that Um, going back to the about just to read you guys the about, but essentially says our mission uh, is to help people learn about living a more self-reliant lifestyle, understanding the relationship to their community and to the rest of creation. Um, What makes them different? We offer a huge range of classes throughout the year. We keep our prices affordable and offer many classes free or by donation. Uh, we have the skills we teach. All of our instructors are trained not just to know, but to teach. And we are constantly learning and improving our knowledge, skills, and abilities. Uh, what we teach and live is freedom, faith, farming, foraging, firearms, frug- frugality? frugality, I think. And fun. Uh, but they're all in Tennessee and North Georgia. and uh, But yeah, obviously, this one actually has emphasis in survival skills of outside, um, situations, uh, primitive fire building skills. They do have an active shooter, one battlefield pickup, nuclear survival, map and compass, um, load out and bug out, uh, defensive combat, uh, pistol, um, skimming, sorry. Map and compass, land navigation, and lastly survival, trapping and snaring, snaring, something something. I'm gonna have it play it for me. Oh, it can't speak it. Great, but all in all, um, two great companies that are here to broaden your horizons, make you think about you know what ifs and how to how to take a. a a potentially scary and stressful scenario, and allow you to be calm, set yourself up to win, all that good stuff. Um, I wish I lived in Tennessee, and/or North Georgia, because I would love to go and check these things out. But they do travel. Uh, I think he was gonna say he was gonna be in Florida in the next few weeks, uh, and they there he wasn't lying. A lot of stuff that they do is free, so uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah. Um, environmental wellness is so important uh, to just everyday life I feel Um, like today I had to go to the gym with my wife because it was raining so much and granted it was Valentine's Day so obviously I wanted to hang out with my wife more but uh, there's just something about the gym man that like if I'm in there for an hour and a half two hours and there's just no scenery there's no like outdoor air, like I'm not getting cold because I'm indoors and my body's sweating, and um, it's just it's just different, you know, for me personally. And so, you know, that's something SoCal QOL. When we start working with companies and businesses, we're gonna take them outside. You know, the outdoors is gonna be our gym, even if the location has a gym. Odds are, for most things and most people. They're gonna to gravitate towards sort of something that they can do where it's gonna kill two birds with one stone. You know they're gonna get their physical wellness and their environmental, wellness out in one shot. So, uh, so yeah, environmental wellness is super huge. So please check out these two websites: uh, Sheepdogresponse, uh, I think it's com. Shoot, uh, Sheepdogresponse.com. dot Yep, and then uh, Sequachi uh school.com and that's spelled S E Q U A T C H I E Sequachi uh school.com. and then uh as far as the podcast go Joe Rogan with Andrew Yang. Uh his website once again is yang2020.com that talks about universal basic income for our occupational wellness side of our podcast. Um And then the last one was, let's see if I can look it up real quick before we go. Uh, uh, uh. But yeah, his name was Abel James and his podcast. Uh, So yeah, he's got a website too called fatburningman.com, which looks like this. Very white. Looks like a nice dude. And then his podcast is basically the same thing, fatburningman.com. Uh, and I believe there should be a link somewhere. Let's see if I click this. Oh, no, just a picture of him with his shirt off. But uh, Abel James and that and Brad was on that one about raw milk. Uh, but hey, guys, 35 minutes. Appreciate y'all. Uh, have a great rest of your Valentine's Day. Uh, if you're still celebrating after you get this podcast and uh yeah we'll catch you later see you